we all know, extrapolation of human cardiopulmonary resuscitation recommendations to our veterinary patients can be tricky. People undergo cardiopulmonary arrest for different reasons in dogs and cats. For example, A, humans more commonly have ventricular fibrillation. B, they can be more quickly treated by trained professionals if it occurs outside of a hospital. And C, so on. The New American Heart Association, or AHA, CPR guidelines published in 2010 are the most recent human guidelines for CPR, and they have some important changes that we might be able to carry over to veterinary medicine. As for these updated AHA CPR recommendations, the big changes included things like recognition of cardiopulmonary arrest. This should be based on the appearance of the patient not palpation of pulses. Taking the time to find pulses is now considered a waste of precious time, especially for bystanders performing CPR. If your patient is unresponsive, apneic, or gasping, it's recommended that you should start CPR instead of wasting time looking for a pulse. Less touching, more doing. Another update, focusing on CAB, circulation, airway, and breathing, instead of ABC, airway, breathing, and circulation. Older CPR recommendations touted an ABC approach to CPR, airway, breathing, and circulation. The new recommendations are for CAB, with compression started before giving any rescue breaths. Potential benefits here include faster restoration of perfusion, or an attempt at it, at least. More importantly, it means you don't have to stick your lips on some random stranger. Again, less touching, more doing. Is this applicable to veterinary medicine? Maybe not. First, most of us don't mind kissing dogs and cats. More importantly, remember that in our veterinary patients, respiratory arrest is more common than it is in people. So establishing an airway is still pretty important. ABCs in veterinary medicine. The next update, utilizing your end tidal CO2 monitor more. This can be helpful for confirming correct intubation. You don't have any carbon dioxide in your esophagus, so this would be low if you're in the wrong tube. And to confirm if CPR is working, you'll see an increased end tidal carbon dioxide level with return of spontaneous circulation or effective circulation delivery. As for breathing, keep in mind that our breathing recommendations are the same, 8 to 10 breaths per minute. Don't hyperventilate your patient. Remember, hyperventilation and hypocapnia, a low carbon dioxide level, will cause vasoconstriction and decrease blood flow to the brain. Another AHA CPR update was to make sure that you're performing at least 100 compressions per minute while still allowing time for recoil. Change your compressor every two minutes so you don't tire out. Also, you're supposed to simultaneously sing Staying Alive to help you keep an appropriate metronome pace. For drug treatment, these new guidelines recommend against the routine use of atropine in people since it hasn't been shown to improve outcome. Remember though, a lot of our veterinary patients suffer bradycardia and vaguely mediated arrests, so we may still need to use it. An ECG is ideal. Lastly, if you have to defibrillate your patient, remember ventricular fibrillation and pulseless ventricular tachycardia are your shockable rhythms, a biphasic defibrillator is recommended since it requires less energy and might cause less myocardial damage. Two to four joules per kg is appropriate initially. If you're a well-stocked hospital, tools you might want to use to monitor response to CPR include an end tidal CO2 machine, monitoring central venous oxygen saturation, and your electrocardiogram. If you successfully resuscitate your patient, 
Post-arrest care might include maintenance of normal tension, normoxia, normal oxygen level, which means you will be checking it with a pulse oximeter or arterial blood gas, and potentially therapeutic hypothermia, which is now recommended in human adults. While we don't typically actively cool animals to preserve their brain, what Vet Girl takes from this is to not aggressively warm them up with bear huggers. Let them enjoy 97 degrees and a blanket instead. What do we take away from this article? And more importantly, how do we apply this to veterinary medicine? Based on these new human recommendations, there are some general applications to veterinary medicine that might improve outcomes, including a CAB approach, increased frequency of chest compressions, and monitoring during and after CPR. Remember, these are human guidelines, so it could be difficult to extrapolate recommendations to our veterinary patients. In conclusion, the new AHA guidelines are a good base for updating your CPR practice and might help to improve outcomes. When in doubt, stay up to date on CPR and check out Vet Girl's podcast on Recover for more information on veterinary CPR.